Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jonathan Harvey, your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast, brought to you twice weekly. Five o'clock is the time we record. Go on air roughly around seven o'clock, give or take certain conditions. Um, Once again, as always, I want to thank everybody for being here. All of you are in 50 states and four of the countries. I appreciate you listening to me, tuning in and seeing what we're talking about here in the conservative world of the state of Utah and around the country. Today, I have a special guest with me. He's from Venezuela and uh, he has one hell of a story. You know, we've often talked about how Venezuela was one of the wealthiest countries, if not the wealthiest country in the hemisphere. But yet now it's one of the poorest countries in the hemisphere. And that's due to socialism. You know, a lot of people are not aware of the history of Venezuela. Most recently, Hugo Chavez and Maduro. Carlos Moreno, I'd like to welcome you to my show. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. Thank you for the invitation. It's a great honor uh, for me to be here. You know, I've heard you speak at certain events, great speaker, and one hell of a story. So tell me, Carlos, what brought you and what decided you to leave your homeland? Yo, uh, uh, okay, in the beginning, uh, I, I was in the last school in Venezuela. That was in 2008, finishing the last school. 2009, and all the professors in college in, 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 in the last school was telling us like, hey, if you can go, if you can leave this country, go. And you know, uh, these professors are very smart people and, and sometimes they can see the future of mm-hmm. the country. Um, I was very concerned about their statement about that, you know, like in the middle of the classes they was explaining. Also in the same time, Chavez was making a lot of changes in the constitution in the law, and the most uh, uh, crazy thing that happens to us was uh, Chavez increased the number of justice in the Supreme Court. Well, that, looks, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're trying. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know what? Uh, that made uh, all the red flags uh, high to us and uh, most of the, the, the people in the law school. In that, in that moment, I talked to my dad. My dad was a, a politician in Venezuela. And uh-huh. I explained him, hey, you know, this is happening. The country is going this way to, for socialism, communism. And my dad told me, like, hey, what about you go to other country, get more education, maybe uh, learn another language, and you can come back and see what, what's going on in the country. Maybe we, we can fix this. But that never happens. I was here in the United States uh, when... Uh, when I saw the destruction of my country, I the, that year in 2009, I came to the United. I graduated the last school. I came to the United. I immigrated. Uh, I got married with my beautiful wife, mm. and I decided to go to the United uh, as a student, international student. Um, I started studying uh, uh, English, a second language, and le- um, later I I have uh, two more majors here in the United States. So now that you're here, well, let me ask you this. How long did uh, Chavez reign in uh, Venezuela? How many years was he in power? Oh, he was, he got elected in 1998 and he died in 2013. Uh, that was 15 years. 
So, but Maduro was his right hand man before he died, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. he basically carried on. But so, but from what I was reading a while back ago, it seems like Maduro is worse than Chavez. Yes. That's true. Yes, yes, because remember, it's no worse. It's because Chavez got money in that moment. The the burial of uh, gas or petroleum mm-hmm. was in one hundred per ba- barrier. You say that no barrier, um, barrel. Yeah, barrier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a uh, more than one hundred dollar per barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, with when when Maduro took the power, that price immediately de- uh, decreased. It decreased it a lot, like ten times. Um, that's why when you don't have money, that kind of system survives because you have um, enough money to give money to the people. Um, that's why Maduro has to change his, uh, let me see, when you don't have money to control the people, you need to use the force. And that's right. why Maduro has to has to use the force uh, to control the people. Because he controls the military, correct? Yes. Yes. When you have money, when you have uh, you know enough money, you can control people. But when you when you when you have a lack of money, you need the, those kind of the regimes or dictators need to use the force to control, and also get, getting more and more power through bills and, and creating uh, different bills to control and control the people. Now, I'm just giving my audience a reference of those who don't know much about Venezuela. Um, but there's another guy, the opposition party, which his name is Guido Guaido. Guaido. Mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> Guaido. <laughs> but now, who is he? Now, is he is he also president, but yet without power? Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's really weird what happened in the country. Um, by the way, I gave this idea to the Venez- to the Venezuelan opposition mm-hmm. to create create to create a to have a, a new leader a new president because maduro is is no is not the president of venezuela for many many reasons uh, for you know the elections was a fraud in the elections we had uh, maduro is even is no venezuela maduro is from colombia oh, really? um, yes yes <laughs> you know for for it's crazy uh, maduro maduro uh, he didn't want the elections uh, he's not even uh, he's like I said, he's Colombia, mm-hmm. and he cannot be president. Um, for that reason, the the Venezuelan uh, Supreme Court, uh, we have the the parliament in Venezuela was uh, was uh, from the opposition mm-hmm. of the good people, and these people need to change the the Supreme Court because it's time. We have it's different over in Venezuela. We elect the the Supreme Court every twelve years. Mm. It's, it's not right here like you select one one justice forever, you know, for right. for lifetime. Right. Venezuela is for twelve years. That and, and I like that though. I like that because <laughs> you can get the, you have a chance to get those who are corrupt out of office. Yes. Uh, out of the you know out of the Supreme Court because a lifetime nomination can be problem to a different types of people. Yes, yes, totally, totally agree. Um, and you have more dynamic democracy when you have elections. It's the same with college, college presidents. 
I don't know why the college president has to be selected for a group of people when the student can select or elect a new college president. That happened in Venezuela. And I was I, I was a student body president. That's why I know about that. Mm-hmm. And in, in my first term, uh, I had to select a, a new college president. But I was thinking like, why these people have to be involved in this when why not the students? Because in Venezuela, we elect our college president. Mm-hmm. But that's another another topic. But um, yes, we have Guaido in, in power and we have Maduro. Guaido has the, the uh, you know, the recognition of 60 powerful countries like French, United States, Canada, but he don't have the control of, the, of Venezuela. And he don't have any power to change anything in Venezuela mm-hmm. because he don't want to use the force. Uh, what what the only way the Guaido can take the power in Venezuela is with the use of force. You know, if, mm-hmm. if he don't have that, nothing gonna happen. Because so, Venez- kind of- mm-hmm. so Venezuela will basically be the same until Maduro passes away. Uh, Chavez, yes. A uh, Chavez passes away. Mm-hmm. Pass away. So, but my question, I guess my other question, so when things got really bad, I mean, I remember when they were talking about free education, free health care, you know, when they were running for office, you know, and everybody was going to get universal income get from the government because mm-hmm. all the oil, I mean, because they were one of the richest countries in the world because all the oil. But the problem was, I think, from what my understanding is that Chavez made all these prom- promises. They got elected stayed in power and kept all the money. Is that what started the, the socialism and the downfall of Venezuela? And what was one of the reasons that caused you to leave that country because you saw that it, it was going to be really bad pretty quick. When, you know, uh, when I was in Venezuela, uh, we had a lot of money in the moment because like I said, the, 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 the price of the oil was very high. Right. Um, we don't have that economic problem. Um, we had the problem that we had was the the ideological thing. For example, you start seeing in the country a lot of ideological, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the government start making more ideological things in, in mm-hmm. college, in universities, in in every, every everywhere. Right. And every, uh, to to make the socialism being like a like a something normal. Right. Um, but the crazy thing happened when they start applying socialism in the in, in in you know as a political ideology, because socialism the concept of socialism socialism is when the government have the control of the pro, of the production, mm-hmm. um, and we had that in Venezuela, no no like somebody here called a uh, 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 democratic socialism that not exists that that's no socialism. Socialism, the, the, the concept of socialism is the control of the production of the country. That's why Chavez started confiscating uh, expropriations, many, many things to control the economy and to control the production of the country. In that moment, we became a socialist country. So let me ask you this. Now, now you're here in the United States. You've been here since how long you've been here now? 12 years. 12 years? Mm-hmm. So, being that you've lived in Venezuela, and now you see what's going on here, 
Can you tell the audience some of the similarities that you see in now that have been played out in Venezuela? I mean, in the United States now. Wow. You mentioned the Supreme Court, you know, mm-hmm. how they stack the, stack the Supreme Court in Venezuela. And the Democrats wants to do this here in the United States. Playbook, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes. The, uh, you know, the critical race theory that was applied in Venezuela. Really? Yes. I did not know that. That <laughs> yes. I did not know. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that, was, that was the beginning. Um, but the most frustrate, frustrating part of that is like uh, what I see right now is like um, we had the same, um, how can I say that? What I see right now is politicians in, in Utah. Let me talk about Utah. I don't know okay. other other state. Okay. I know here. Uh, it's like Venezuela in the 90s because the politicians really, were really the, disconnected with the people. And that disconnection is unhealthy for the democracy. You have politicians who don't care what's going on in the, your community. You have politicians here who just listen to you and they make like a cynical uh, a smile in, uh-huh. in their faces because they don't think that they are in danger. Uh, more, more in Utah because in Utah, you know, it's a, a majority conser- uh, so far, <laughs> it's a majority conservative and they don't, they don't care. They don't really don't care what, what's going on. They are fine. You know, they have money. They have fa- their families well. Everybody, they're going to win the next election for sure. You know, they don't care about the, that, that connection with the people and that we had in Venezuela in the 90s. That's why when, when crazy politicians like Chavez start speaking out and speaking to the people and getting very emotional and angry and using all that frustration with the, with the, with the political class, uh, with the politi- politicians in Venezuela, and Chavez got the, got the majority of the vote and, and people vote for Chavez. And we, we are not far of that. Um, what, for example, just in Salt Lake County, you have one eighty hundred thousand Republicans, uh, Republicans, mm-hmm. just in Salt Lake County. Mm-hmm. 200,000 200, Democrats and two hundred twenty thousand uh, independents or, or no affiliate or unaffiliated. Okay, that that gonna that that number show you the the people in the in this county they don't believe in anyone. Or, or, or the majority of the people, or a big part of, this, of these uh, uh, voters, mm-hmm. they are not connected with the with the with our political politicians. Um, in my opinion, that's the most dangerous part that I see right now in Utah. Um, also, another another thing about what I, what I see is like a you you see politicians in the United States who are talking about socialism without any 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 problem. And socialism is bad. Like uh, when I say it's bad, it's like going to destroy this country, complete this, this country. Um, and you have people convincing the population, you have politicians convincing the population that socialism is good. And you have the most worst part of this, and that you have, uh, you have right now in the United States organizations that they said openly that they are Marxists. Really, for me, for for my citizenship, for uh, I just applied few few months ago. Mm-hmm. For my citizenship, uh-huh. they asking you in in I think in, in three times, if you are communist, 
or you join the Communist Party, or you are part of the Communist agenda, and and you have you a citizen who want to who want to create communism here? That's ridiculous. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because you see better than most of the people in Utah that are in that unaffiliate unaffiliated group or that demogra- demographic of Democrats who don't see the same thing as we do. Because, I mean, I'm a conservative and uh, I'm a staunch conservative. I believe in conservatism. I don't believe in socialism. I believe in capitalism. But there are so many people in this country think they're, you know, being being a socialist or affiliating with socialist thoughts, believe they're helping out the country. When actuality, you're hurting the country. You're actually hurting the country. You know, you hear about people talk about illegal immigration, for example, and they feel it's just so bad to believe in, you know, immigration laws. But the thing is, we have a constitution and we are a nation of laws. And where they get lost is, is when they think, when we say we want border walls, we're not saying stay out. We're still saying come in, just come in the right way. In the way that we decide to, to do it, you know? Exactly. It's like when you are in your, when you are in your parent's house, your parent's house have rules. Yeah. And you want, if you want to live there, you need to follow <laughs> those rules, you know? If not... Maybe you need to go <laughs> to other house. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, but the thing is, Carlos, it just saddens me when I see people who don't understand that. You know, they think of, you know, the wall means don't come in. No, that's not what it means. When we when we say we don't want socialism, it doesn't say that we don't want to help people. We just don't want to give our country away to people who do not appreciate the capitalistic ways in a free society. Mm-hmm. For example, um, somebody, uh, another politician asked me uh, about these similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, people become in socialists. It's not because they find found uh, in the floor a manifesto, a communist manifesto, mm-hmm. in, you know, accident, accident, uh, by by accident, you know. Right. Is this is this is our uh, effort? When I see that effort, is people all the time, every day, every hour, telling the people the socialism is good. Uh, and you see that in college campuses, and you see that with college uh, uh, professors, and you see that with just Confucian Institute in in in, in different universities. And you see that uh, in, in their agenda is brainwash the, ma- the, the mind of the young people to be to more, more socialist. And that's why our, our uh, duty is to uh, become uh, preachers, preachers of the truth. Uh, I don't know if you, you can see any, any speech of President Reagan Always he's talking about socialism mm-hmm. or, you know, making fun or, 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 or you know, telling a, a really nice story about socialism or telling about how great is America and how we can succeed here. You know, we need that kind of preachers. And that's why I, I sometimes I see more conservative talking about, you know, statistics and talking about more to the reason 
but the the human being is more emotional. Mm-hmm. And we need these preachers. When I see preachers, it's preachers of the truth, preachers or, or politicians who can preach the truth, even though it's not popular. Because the point is like a maybe today it's not popular, but we are not talking about popularity. We are not talking about the next election. We are talking about saving the republic. And people don't know, and most of the politicians just want to see what's going to happen in 2022 or 2024. Of course, it's important. Yeah. And you need to say you need to say the truth to the people. Like, for example, in Salt Lake County Council, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you need to say the truth. You say, say hey, this is, this is a plan. We, we don't need this mask. We don't need this, all this mandate uh, to the people. If the people want to wear a mask, it's okay, it's fine, it's your right. But I cannot, the government cannot mandate the people what they need to do because that happened in socialism and that's not that's that is creating uh, for for socialists they need to control everything is about control every everything is, is about uh con- control the people mm-hmm. when, when they say something you're gonna obey mm-hmm. you know isn't it interesting and kind of curious as to why you know when there are certain people in this country in this country Let's say Salt Lake City, Salt Lake County. Let's make it more um, local. Make it home local. It's amazing to me how easy it is to get people to give up their constitutional right just because somebody told them to do something that's against their constitutional right, and they don't think about it. They just readily do it. They don't ask questions. They don't use common sense. Like for example, the mask mandates. Look, Salt Lake City. I'm sure there's a lot of intelligent people in Salt Lake City. They don't like to show themselves, but there's a lot of intelligent people in Salt Lake City. But when you put on a paper mask, brother, and that you can look through it and see daylight, somewhat transparent, common sense doesn't kick in and say, wait a minute. If I can see a little bit of light through it, how in the hell is a, a, a virus that's point, a zero, a 0.0120 nanometers in size not going to come through here. The common sense on freedom is not so common anymore because I truly believe, Carlos, that there are people who believe that they need to be taken care of by the government because they really can't take care of themselves. And the government paints a pretty good picture as to why you should listen to them. Now, I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe that personally. I believe we are we practice free agency as men and women in this country. We're responsible for us. Yes. If you want to wear a mask, wear the damn thing. <laughs> if you don't want to wear a mask, we should have the right just as much as anybody else who wants to wear one, you know, not to wear one. You know, I don't if, I don't know if you're familiar with this phrase in the United States is everybody's always saying my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't matter when it comes to COVID, though. <laughs> Only in an abortion, it matters. <laughs> Only when it's an abortion, it matters. <laughs> but when it comes to that mask. Oh, no, buddy, you can't do that because <laughs> it's OK to use it to take a life. But you can't use that slogan to preserve mm. your own rights in life. So, yeah. so so that's why I look at it for, you know, the people in Salt Lake City. And you're right. You know, no, it's, it is totally it's totally it's, it's, everything is about domination and control. Um, for example, you know how many do you have idea? Just give me a number. How many constitution in the history of Venezuela? How many constitution we have in the history of Venezuela? 
How yes. many constitutions? Mm-hmm. Three. <laughs> Thirty-seven. How many? Thirty-seven. Constitutions? Thirty-seven constitutions. Um, we had we had five different republics. And we have, I can, I can tell you more and more statistics about Venezuela, but my point is not about Venezuela. My point here is like how blessed we are having the U.S. Constitution because the U.S. Constitution is inspired by God to these guys, to these, uh, the founder, the founder father, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and, we, and I can tell you more and more uh, different countries in the world with, different con- with many, many constitutions. And the United States uh, give uh, the God this uh, uh, gift to this country to be the last stand on earth. Um, like Ronald Reagan said, um, if we if we lose this if we lose freedom in this country, it's not another place to escape to. This is the right. last. This is the last stand on earth. He, he's absolutely right because all the other countries look at United States as a free world country. And this is the place where you can come and be whoever you want to be because there are really no instructions other than you can't break the law for the most part. But Mm -hmm. you can become as wealthy as you want to try to be. That is your God-given right in this country. Now, as far as our constitution, I'm glad we have one constitution and Bill of Rights, but also I'm glad it's so hard to change the constitution. You know, it takes 30, I think it's 38 states to, to amend the Constitution. So you, it's not easily done. That's why it's mm-hmm. not done so often. And it's only been done a few times, you know. So our Constitution is what gives us our right and our freedom. I've always so said this. Anytime people are wanting to get rid of the Constitution or when someone is trying to change the Constitution, you should feel that person or that individual group, individual or group that are trying to change the Constitution. Because Though it may not be perfect, but it's been perfect for what we've been working with. Mm-hmm. And it's created one of the world's greatest countries. And, and you're a test to that because, you know, you came here because we did have a constitution. We had values and we respect our constitution. Now it's getting to the point where there are certain elements of the politician, certain elements of the political ranks that are trying to change the constitution so we can look like a Venezuela or a a Cuba or a, you know, if let's go with communism, some people believe in like, for example, Bernie Sanders, he believed in communism. He's not a socialist. He's a communist. Mm-hmm. He got married. His honeymoon was in Russia. He's a big fan of Russia, but most people don't know this about these politicians because they, they can smile and tell a lie through their teeth. And there are <laughs> elements of people that will believe it, you know, like Chavez. Yes. What I what my point uh, uh, to be uh, brother, I just want to say like as an immigrant, uh, the United States is not a, a dream. The United States is a miracle, mm. and we need to protect that miracle. Um, I was I, I I had a meeting with a legislator here mm-hmm. a few months ago, and we was in the Capitol, and we was doing some stuff over there. And he had to deliver a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me, oh, do you think, what what, what do you need to say? What, what, what is your recommendation to, to say to this group? And we, I said my recommendation, okay, you can say this, this, and this. 
And in the end, I said, like, oh, don't forget, God bless America. And he told me, God bless America. That's a cliche or that's very, I don't know. I don't like that idea. I said, like, what? Wow. The God bless America. And I said, I said, him like, legislator, this country is powerful. This country is a miracle. And he, he but I, I don't know how to say it, but. I say with that passion that he, this guy felt like, okay, that was my mistake. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Carlo. <laughs> but uh, that's the that's something that we need to request. Um, and this is not happens. Uh, this is happening to me many times. The people want to avoid the uh, giving uh, to our heavenly Father, God, or whatever you you know your belief. But we this this land is. Blessed by God. That's why we had an uh, inspired constitution. That's why we have a, a powerful country where you can with nothing and you can become the best, the, the best version in your, in, of yourself. Uh, that's why, uh, as an immigrant, I came here, no English at all. Um, I run for a student body president. I won the election. I run for second time. I won my election. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other countries. My friend, that that's not going to happen because people here believe in your character. People here believe in who you are. It's not the the, the color of your skin, no the you know the, the your English as second language. If you are an English as second language person, they believe in your ideas and they believe in who you are. That's why I love this country. And let me tell you, even now it's even more the country that I I was born. You know, brother. Um... You know, the Democrats believe that we use color. I mean, we conservatives are basically racist. You know, we don't want um, blacks and uh, other minorities to excel. So therefore, you're supposed to be oppressed by my political party, the conservatives. When actuality, that's a lie. We want you to do things. We want you to grow. We want you to be spiritually free, financially free, but we want all of that away from the government. We don't want the government telling people, hey, look, black guy, um, Venezuelan, Hispanic, Latinos, you've been oppressed by the Republican Party and the the conservative movement. Now, I, I will say, I'm not a big fan of today's, of a lot of Republicans here, because I think a lot of them are really weak and they're in cahoots with some of the Democrats. Basically, you can tell by their voting. And, uh, you know, the guys that I run, the circle I run with, the politician knows that I'm black. I'm a conservative. So, and I don't think that way. And I deal with tons of blacks daily that are conservatives. And we want to prove that all races in this country are protected under the Constitution, number one. Number two, because the Democrat tell you you're oppressed, then explain why we have great guys like Carlos, great guys like, um, like for example, like a lot of people don't know. I'll explain this to you a minute ago because I was speaking to a Democrat a few weeks ago, and I asked him, "Do you know who Ben Carson is?" Hmm. He said, "Who?" I said, "Dude, don't talk to me about politics <laughs> if you don't know who some of the most famous black men in this country and talk about oppression." See, and this is what the Democrats want the other side to believe. I love it when guys like you 
can see it. And you, you're not even, you haven't even been born here, but you appreciate the United States because you've already been where this country and others are trying to take this country right now. So, you know, what's going on. I got a friend, she's from Venezuela as well. Carmen, she teaches English, Spanish as a second language. She's from Venezuela and she's conservative. And she says a lot of the same things that you say, that if we don't change our course, we will be just like Venezuela in a for, in a short few years. Uh, what what I have I have a really nice example of a story. Um, I was with my banker. Uh, the bank my banker is from Dominican Republic. He's Dominican, mm-hmm. and he's a black guy, like like me, like you, like. And we were talking mm-hmm. about you know about life, and and I and we start talking about politics. And he told me like, oh, what party do you do you support? I said, oh, I'm Republican. I, I support the Republican Party. And this guy was like, what? How are you a Republican? You know that? Okay, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. I'm gonna ask you three questions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I, with these three questions, we're gonna know what, how you know you are in the left or you are in the right. And he told, okay, let's start the game. Okay, first, do you believe in socialism? And the government has to take care about you. No, no, I am a banker. I am a capitalist. You know, like, okay, ching, ching. Okay. Okay, first, Republican Party won. Democrat Party zero. Okay, second, do you, um, we, we went to two different topics, mm-hmm. but the last one, and the last, the last, the, the, the last one, last one was the, about abortion. Mm. And I talked to him. Do you believe in abortion? And this guy, this guy was in shock. Like, just, you know, look at me. Like, and he started crying. I was like, okay. <laughs> what, <the heck? laughs> what, what did I do? <laughs> what I did? And this guy told me, like, you know, Carlos, is because um, I am single, single um, boy, uh, sorry, a single son. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was a single mother, sorry. Um, and my mother had the opportunity. She told me, you know, when I grew up, she told me that she had the opportunity to, to and she did, she, did, she did it because she believed in me and she believed in, you know, in the future and she has hope. Um, I don't believe in abortion. And I said, I, I I put my hand in front of him and say, okay, welcome to the Republican Party. And the, the problem is that we don't have that preachers. We don't have that people who const in, in in you know every day, every hour talking about who you are. That's why in the religion you have people every Sunday or even maybe a few days in a week telling you who you are as a son of God or or, or telling you who you are as a, a spirit, in, in, in the spiritual spectrum, you know? Mm-hmm. But politically, we need that too. Because more for the young generation, because when you start telling a, 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 a lie many times, people start believing. You're exactly right. And that's what the Democrats do very well. They do it very well. Because, Carlos, think about something. You know, I don't know if you know much about slavery, but I know slavery was in South America as well. So the hence the reason why you see a lot of African uh, uh, African descent um, Latinas in uh, South America. People, you know, when people see a black man and then he only speaks 
speak Spanish, that's because of the slave trade. That's mm-hmm. how he left the continent of Africa. And actually, they landed in South America first. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. But but here in the United States, people don't know their heritage. They don't know their, their vintage. They don't know um, why so many minorities are conservatives. Because like somebody had expressed to me, because the reason why when they come to the United States and they become Republicans is because they basically live the Democrat life in the country they came from. Whether it's, it may be called socialism, it may be called communism. You know what we call communism in the United States? Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what we call the United States. They're the Communist Party in the United States. But people don't I, understand that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a good oh, Thank you for giving me these results because that's a good uh, idea or no conclusion. But um, people, for example, when people came from Latin America, you know, we came with uh, it's in the, many of these countries, you have a, a superpower government who always give money to the people and always are taking care about the people um, and, you know, and, and destroy your your freedom with this kind of uh, uh you know government or this, this kind of mm-hmm. but uh you, when you when you come to the when you come to the United States you like I said before you becoming the best person of yourself because you start uh, developing uh more skills and more opportunities and more when you have freedom you start developing more and more and uh yourself And in, in one moment, you like I said, you becoming the best version of your life, and that's why um, many uh, uh, what I said, my Latino, my Latino people, as I say, okay, we we are already conservative. We don't have we. It's just few, like a, a very minorities Latinos who believe in abortion, but I don't think like a. I want to say one percent. But many people is very, very, very conservative, even more than you can think, even more than uh, more <laughs> the many Republicans that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, but we, we are very conservative. But the only problem is that we don't have uh, preachers or enough preachers telling the people who they are. I mean, you guys have an organization in Utah called Lexit. Are you familiar with Lexit? It's Latinos leaving. I know the founder. I know the founder. Arturo Ignacio. Oh, you're talking Jesse in California. Yeah, I know Jesse. I know Jesse. In California. Okay. You're talking about Jesse in California. Here in Utah, we have one as well, Utah chapter. And it's ran by Ignacio. And I'm actually going to get him on the podcast. And he and I are going to have a conversation because we're both both about the same things. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize when with the Latinos, when they come from South America, And it's amazing to me because they're mostly conservative. The problem is, is a lot of Latinos here, when they're born here, they've been, especially in California, they've been the Democratic Kool-Aid. Remember when you were saying, (laughs) (laughs) you remember when they were saying, you were saying that, you know, you tell a lie over and over and over again, people eventually start believing it. So for the Latinos and the Blacks that are born here in this country, that's what they've been listening to. It's not even the immigrants that come here. It's the ones that live here. Because I know many, many, many Romanos 
that that I know will will tell you point blank they don't like care for abortion. They're Catholic. Mm-hmm. They're Catholic. It's just, oh, we don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. And but you get the Chicanos here. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them who believe that the American government believe that crap that they're spewing, and it's just ridiculous. And it's and it, you know it's going to destroy the country if we don't do better in 2022 this year, <laughs> and if the Democrat managed to cheat. Five years ago, we had the president of the Dominion Machines telling the country the Chavez uh, did. Uh, uh, fake the the elections and every everything was a fake and he never won the elections and that's a video in internet it's, it's very famous and this guy fled the country he oh he said that he fled the country and he said that in, in other country and he sent the video you know uh-huh. and and you know and he was part of the destruction of the country and for how much I don't know but uh, dark machines don't. Uh, I want to say this, uh, if we also, that's another thing that we need to take care of in this country, is the way that we vote. Because I can tell you in just 2020, one of the history that I have is about election integrity. Uh-huh. I, I have one of my buddy from Venezuela who received a, a ballot uh-huh. in his house. He's a, he rented in, in an apartment in Harriman. And he received a ballot for vote in the 2020 elections. How many? And he's an immigrant. And he even he don't have any permanent residency or nothing. He's just an immigrant who are seeking political asylum. And he received that kind of documentation in his home. My question is, how many ballots we have in just Salt Lake County in that way? I mean, I brother, I completely agree with you because, you know, the Democrats right now, in the national, um, the well, actually, it's the House of Representatives, Congress. They're trying to push right now bills where they are absolute power, where they can control the elections right now. No, <laughs> and let me let me tell you <laughs> how many ballots in that way is in Salt Lake County. You have uh, elections for Mia Love. You remember Mia Love? I do. Yes, she lost election for. In, in Salt Lake County for 600 votes. You know how easy it is to send that kind of ballot to 600 house, different houses? Um, Especially I, here. Bro, brother, I, I'm telling you, I, I have seen in my, in my life so many things. Another thing that happened in the elections, I helped five uh, uh, grandmothers from uh, Colombia to vote because in our countries we go in person to vote, uh-huh. and, and this per, and this uh, grandmother asking me to go with them to helping with the transportation, her her to the transport uh, help them with the transportation. And one of those uh, uh, grandmothers forget all kind of identifications, and the person in the the person in the in the table, you know, was okay, okay, uh, uh, grandmother, what's your name? Oh, my name is Maria. Okay, perfect, Maria. Okay, uh, what happened? No, I don't have any form of ID, ID with me. Um, I was thinking in that moment, okay, maybe I need to come back with her and, you know, and get ID and come back. Mm-hmm. And this person, this person was like, no, no, go ahead. Get on board. Go on board. And I was like, 
what? That yeah. easy to vote in the United States? Like, you know how then there is that kind of thing for the democracy? Oh, it's um, and you you have election here who who people want for three, one vote, 100 vote, 10 vote. And that's uh, not fair for the for the people who, you know, for the for the for the people of this country. And the third, the, the third part of the story, uh, I went to Salt Lake County and to the people who who make the, the election things. And like that was like five years ago or four years ago, I remember. And I asked her, uh, the, the, the person in the front desk, hey, uh, what is the process to vote? Because I'm interested to know for the future. And that was in the county. And the person was like, okay, do you have a driver license? Mm, yes, I have my driver license. Okay, that's good enough to vote. And she take my <laughs> driver license. I said, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I am an immigrant. I don't, I cannot vote. I, I, I am no US citizen yet. And she told me that, but you have a driving license, you can vote. I said, no, no, I have a political science major. I know that I cannot vote. <laughs> and this lady went to the to the office to the, the supervisor. Uh-huh. They was like a she was like a three minutes over there, and she come back. And finally, she told me like, oh, you cannot vote. Sorry about it. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like so to be honest with you. The process to uh, the election integrity, we need to take care of that because now we are uh, facing, um, let me tell you this way, the enemy is an enemy we are facing right now. It's not a conver- they are not conventional politicians. Mm-mm. They are not conventional politicians. They, nope. don't care. they don't care who you are. They don't care if you have a family. They don't care what they need to do to win elections. And that's that's why I try to explain this to our leadership here. And they don't want to understand that. They think that they are facing conventional politicians who they can have a regular conversation and, and you know, a discussion and, you know, make a deal. Or, or, or you know, uh, having having a, a nice conversation like have to be. But they are socialists. They don't, oh, absolutely. Care, about, they don't care about rules. They don't care about anything. You know, Carlos, here's what's interesting. You, you've been around Utah for a while. And you know how the, what the scene is here politically wise. My problem with some Republicans in this state is some of them I don't believe they're Republicans. Because think about something. In the Senate, we have 29 senators. 23 of them are Republicans. Six are Democrats. In the House of Representatives, 75 representatives, 16 of them are Democrats. You have, we have the majority here, but yet we still put out, and our governor, I don't know what he is, but the, the bills they put out here seem to be leaning to the right, I mean, to the left quite a bit. So... We have to come out and sometimes and battle our own people to get good common sense laws. And um, like um, last night, I was on a, with a group last night. I won't mention a name, but it's about CRT. I call it CRT light. <laughs> <laughs> because they want to pass a bill to give the board, basically 
pass a bill to give the Board of Education more teeth to implement programs at their discretion. Well, that was the problem last year, the past two years, the Board of Education. They try to implement CRT, but they got so much pushback from the community that they kind of backed off from it. But now they're trying to put it. I'm sitting on this committee last night. And I said, wait a minute. Where's the teeth in this bill? Where's the enforcement of this bill? And I said, the problem is not the bill. You got to worry about the educators, the teachers, the messengers who are putting this crap in your children's brain. And so they don't play like we do as conservatives and Republicans. They play as win at all costs. Mm-hmm. As if they don't have children of them. I mean, here's the thing, too. I asked this question the other day. I said, do re- Democrats have children? The face masks, <laughs> vaccines. Do they not have children? Do they sacrifice their own children for what? Power, money, and gain? I'm trying to figure this out about these people because their common sense and their rationale is not there. So tell me what you think about what I just said. Do you agree or disagree with us, some people in our own party and the Democrats that they act like they just don't care because it goes to what you said. They don't play by the same rules as you and I. Because the, my, my, what, let's go to the beginning when I tell you, when I told you that this connection between the people and politicians are huge. We have this kind of politician who don't care uh, what really is good for the people or even or even support their, uh, polit- their political ideologies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why this disconnection uh, helps the, the bad people to, to register Republican just to win elections. For example, I can tell you, I can tell you few people, few people that I know that they, they publicly just three years ago, four years ago, they was very, very democratic and, and you know, and support the Democrat Party. But when they knew that they don't gonna go any any way with <laughs> here, they they changed their their registration to being Republicans, and they are part right now in the Republican Party. And I I can I can show you the Facebook post that they did just three years ago supporting Hillary, supporting Bernie Sanders, supporting all these crazy people, socialist people, and now they are, even they are leading the Republican Party here. And that's, um, and that's the thing that you, you, you say like, okay, what's happening with the, with the party? Why we don't, our, right now, people like you, like me, we need to inspire people to win elections, to win elections for, you know, for legislation, but the most important ones are the local government, mayors, city councils. That's the that's the election that we need to win for sure, because that election gives you platform, gives you power to win big elections. I agree and, with you. So when are and, you running? Um, twenty twenty four. Oh, you are running? Yes, twenty twenty four. Hey, I got your back, dude. <laughs> I, I'm with you. You know, people have been trying to get me to run. I just say, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ready yet because I, I got a big mouth and, uh, <laughs> and I'm not that political when I speak. And um, so but I will I will support you. That's for sure. And I'm you know, sh- go ahead. 
the big the big part of being a politician, of course, is listen everybody, um, and listen everybody because you, the li- life life um, politics is like a being uh, orchestra director. You know, like you you have this little thing in your hands and you start making okay. all in you know very nice song for everybody, and you have a strong instrument. You have really sweet instrument. You have you need to coordinate all of those for the for the you know for the for for the, the, the you say common good could, mm-hmm. uh, for the common good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the big part of being a politician. It, you you can have your ideology and you can be strong in your ideology, but you have to listen other instruments and you have to listen everywhere everywhere. But at the same time, you me, you need to make harmony for everybody. When when that happened, what happening right now is even the even the the director or the 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 people who are uh, the, the you know the director of the orchestra or even the instrument want to go for their own way and they don't want to create uh, harmony for the rest of the people. Um, when you try to push like something like CTR, uh, when you try to push socialism, when you try to push mandate, you are creating uh, ah. Anarchy, anarchy. You say that anarchy, exactly. Anarchy, chaos, and and when you create that, you lost your country, you lost control, you lost harmony, and that happened in the United States when you have people just pushing crazy ideologies like socialism to be to, to you know to be here in the United States. But yeah. okay. what do you, what do you want hear. to do? What do you want to do for for wrong? If you want to run for office, what do you want to do? You know, I kind of like being an influencer and I'm, you know, I like speaking out and trying to bring about good quality politicians such as yourself. There's other guys I endorse and I, I support here in the state. Um, friends of mine that are running. One of my friends dropped out and and then that was a sad day for me. But, you know, she's very smart and she'll be back again. But, you know, for me, I'm often... Always asked him, when am I going to run? When am I going to run? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm going to run for something. And it probably will be local, you know, because I've been having an issue with the school board lately. And I'm really thinking about running for the school board. Um, I like but what's that? I, I like that idea. You're running for that. Yeah. So, you know, but I am going to run for something. Now, when? I don't really know. I'm getting old. So, you know. There's a time and place for everything. When the good Lord is ready for me to go and run, he'll let me know. He'll mm-hmm. let me know. But I do, will say that more people like yourself and myself and people that are around me um, need to get out and be more in the public and say, hey, look, we're a new breed of conservatives. We are a new breed of Republicans. We're not going to do it the old way. Because the mm-hmm. old way is what making us run the way the old way is why I'm making us the new version of the old way because the old way just doesn't work. It's about a bunch of selfish people being in power for themselves and not for us, we the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give me your final comment. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left, but I want you to tell people how to get in touch with you, how to follow you. If you have a Facebook or an Instagram um, website, um, let us let them hear it. I... Thank you for the invitation again, and this is a great honor. My social media, public social media, I have a Facebook page. It's called Carlos Alejandro Moreno. 
And also I have an Instagram. Uh, the people, a lot of people follow me there. It's like C as a Carlos Moreno D as a Denmark. C Moreno D. That's my Instagram. You can see it. And um, people can follow me over there and we can keep in touch. And also, um, I would like to uh, to attend this. Uh, I would like to come here again in a few, maybe in a few months because I'm starting a new organization. You will know soon about it. Okay. Um, I'm starting a new organization and you will see what's going on new. <laughs> and I tell you, and me as the director of Blex at Utah, state director, I'll work with you every day, all day, brother. Every day, all day. Because uh, I love it when I work with people who are true, who have a story, and, uh, and you have a pathway forward. And I'm telling you, you're very bright. You're very articulate, even with an accent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're very, you can, I mean, I mean, I do speak some Spanish, but not enough to embarrass myself today. <laughs> but uh, I will simply say, you know, when I first heard you speak, and that was in Utah, in the, uh, Utah County. And that was at Jake Oaks uh, Liberty, uh, Liberty Network. Um, that's the first time I heard you speak. And I was telling my cohorts, I says, I like this guy. I like this guy. I said, he comes here. He, I mean, he knows this country better than most people that are born here and lived here 45 years. He knows what socialism is all about. He's seen it. He's lived it. And that is something to, uh, to, uh, let the rest of the state understand what's going on in the world. Because Carlos, I really believe there's a lot of people who do not realize how easy it is for them to destroy the state by voting in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. They can vote the wrong way and we're going straight, excuse my French, down the shitter. And uh, that's not cool with me at all. But as far as having you back on a couple months, three months, four months, you tell us. Okay, yeah. Three, Reach out to months. me. Reach out three to months. me. Let me know. Let me know. Yes. We need to have a lunch and one more thing is America, like I said, is not a dream. America is a miracle. <laughs> I, I got to put that on a T-shirt. I might have to borrow that one and put it on the T-shirt. America is not a dream. <laughs> it is a miracle. Because I like what you said, brother. Hermano me gusta. Well, listen, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you are magnificent. And I, you know, I can't wait. I'm going to actually send your video to Lex at Utah, this conversation. Let Ignacio hear you talk. And uh, I don't know if you've never met him yet, but I'm going to get you two in touch so you can speak to the Latinos of the state. And uh, it's really, they really should hear you talk. But once again, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We'll get back together in a few weeks, uh, a couple months, and then we'll continue this conversation. But other than that, we'll meet you at all the events we do. All right, brother, take care.